Our Gospel passage this morning comes from the Gospel according to St. Matthew. In his 24th chapter, beginning in the 37th verse. Now, because this passage has been abused by some of our Christian friends and other churches, I want to get one thing out of the way before we begin to look at the Gospel text for our message today. Here in the Gospel according to Matthew, which we have just read, we have the segment that tells us that just like in the days of Noah, the day will come that one gets taken while another gets left. We have men working in the field and women working at the grinding wheel. One from each is taken, one from each is left. This passage, along with a few other snippets from Scripture, have been used to promote an understanding of what is called eschatology, or end times, that is not biblical. It has spurred the series of novels, and it's important to remember that novels are fiction, called Left Behind, and the novel started the Left Behind movies. These books, the movies, and others that have been written from the same perspective over the course of the years, all make one assumption. They all assume that those left behind are being left behind to face judgment. This idea of a rapture of believers into heaven and a leaving behind of non-believers on earth to face horrific tribulation is part of a larger system of belief called dispensationalism. And dispensationalism has only been taught and believed since the later 1800s. That alone should stop anybody from believing it. If it were Christian truth, it would not take close to 2,000 years to figure it out. We will not spend a lot of time on this, but it is important to understand, because many well-meaning and earnest Christians believe this false theology, And with its popularity, especially in the United States, you will hear people talking about it, many of whom will likely try to convince you that it is what the church has always believed. Because they believe that's what the church has always believed. They don't know the history that it's only been around for the last, not even, a full 200 years. Therefore, you must know that it is not just a wrong belief but why it is a wrong belief. Bible scholar R.T. France explains it like this. We are not told where or why they are taken. And the similar sayings in verses 17 and 18, just a little earlier in the chapter, about being people caught out in the course of daily life by the Romans, indicates a situation of threat rather than of rescue. To be taken in such circumstances would be a negative experience and for judgment. In the light of the preceding verses, where the, when the flood swept away the unprepared, judgment is the more likely sense here. Trusted Bible scholars Curtis Mitch and Edward Sree emphasize the point by saying, apart from the problematic eschatology, that belief about the end times, that underlies the rapture belief, the interpretation seems to be backward. More likely, Jesus speaks in the idiom of the prophets, where those who are taken are those captured or killed in judgment, with many examples from Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Zechariah. And those who are left, to const- who are left constitute the surviving remnant that is spared, again, with examples from Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel. 
It is rather easy to see if we pay attention to the words of Jesus. Jesus says it will be like the days of Noah, when the people were going about their business and the flood suddenly came and swept the people away. The people swept away, the people taken were those who were destroyed in the flood. The people left behind was Moses and his family preserved in the ark. Yes, Moses and his family had to endure the flood, but they were protected and kept safe during that flood. All of those who were suddenly taken away were taken away to their destruction. If what we have covered is what we are not to believe, if what we have discussed so far is that which is the incorrect interpretation, what are we then to make of this passage? First, there is a higher criterion than what others may believe. Being ready for the day of our Lord's return, because that's what we're talking about, the second coming of Christ, being ready for the day of our Lord's return, is not, as some would like you to believe, only a matter of reciting a prayer and claiming to be born again. Being ready for the day of our Lord's return is a matter of living for the Lord. Not just when you are getting ready for Sunday, not just when you feel guilty over something, not just on key holidays, not just when it's time to get sacraments accomplished for a family member. Living for the Lord is an everyday way of life. We are in Advent, the first Sunday of Advent, and first people typically think about that first Advent, Jesus being born in Bethlehem over 2,000 years ago. After the majority of the world today, after all, after all, the majority of the world today has forgotten that there is a church calendar and jumped straight from Halloween to playing Christmas carols with a brief acknowledgement of Thanksgiving for the sake of eating a lot of turkey and pies. Clearly, or some people may think, anything the church is doing right now is to get ready to celebrate the memory of that first Advent, Advent, Christmas, Jesus being born. There are those, however, that do realize that there are actually supposed to be, that we are actually supposed to be, in a season during which we prepare ourselves for the return of Christ, the second Advent. The second Advent, which initiates the completion of God's kingdom, and that means the final judgment, the judgment of the living and the dead, just as we say when we're reciting the creed each week. The trouble is, we rarely talk about just how one is supposed to be ready for that second coming. Realizing that it can be difficult to explain how one is to be in a state of readiness for the second coming when we do not when it, know when it will be, let me tell you a little bit about life in the army. When it is time to get selected for, well, selected for basically anything that is good or improving of your career, when things like promotions, good assignments, and even some of the most highly desired jobs must be decided, the Army calls a board, a panel of people, to make a decision. I'm going to talk about promotion boards, but all the boards are pretty similar. The board of people who will make the decision about how many promotion points the soldier will get is assembled from the senior leaders of the command. 
At the same time, everybody eligible for promotions will be told how to prepare. They may need to stand before the board or they may get, or they may need to get their promotion packet ready to go before the board. But either way, the person who wants to get promoted starts trying to get what they need polished up. For some, this is a simple process. If personally appearing before the board, the soldier must review some questions that will be asked, double check that there's not any errors in an otherwise ready uniform. And for the soldiers that is in a position where only the packet goes before the board, again, a few have almost nothing to do. Review the packet to ensure no documents are missing. Get a fresh official photo taken in a uniform after a double check that there are no errors on what is otherwise a ready uniform. For the majority of soldiers, however, the promotion board is a reason for panic. Having done nothing through the year upon announcement of the board, a crazed effort to begin to be ready begins. For those personally going before the board, start studying for the board for hours a day and days on top of days. Peers and mentors scrutinize the soldier's uniform, and up until the soldier walks into the board, they are fidgeting with this or that to make sure it's exactly right, while other peers and mentors keep quizzing last-minute board questions. All of this, instead of reassure the soldier, fills the soldier with increasing anxiety. For those with a packet going before the board, pulling copies of the promotion packet and scrutinizing every copy of every document begins. The official photo becomes an ordeal itself. The uniform is sent out to a professional prep, prep service to make sure that every item is precisely positioned. Arguments break out with the photographer about the minutest detail that the soldier does not like and wants a new photo because of. At the same time, because the promotion board has been announced, everybody wants a new photo. There is a long line, and the photographer has no time to do new photos because the soldier doesn't like the way a photo looks. For both those going before the board and those who only have a packet going before the board, there is stress for days until the board is complete and the results are published. The others, however, are more confident. Yes, they know there may be some issue or another that gets in their way. But being diligent through the year, they were ready for the board. They could have been called at random for their, from their place of duty to go before the board and still done well. Yes, it would have been a surprise, but they would be ready. They would be like those of us who worked for my first boss, Sergeant First Class Thornton. Every time it was time for a break, before we went on break, he would quiz us on a couple questions that he knew were board questions. We all had one perfect uniform that was never worn hanging in the locker, just in case we had to go before the commander for some reason. It was also to go to the it was also the go to the board uniform, always ready. Every day was a matter of being ready for the board. Then when the board came, we were all ready and entered the board confidently. You see, the board, in this case, is like the second advent. Some people, a few people, live every day as if getting ready for the board. They read their Bibles, they spend time in prayer, they consider how they can assist people around them with spiritual and physical acts of mercy, things like correcting sinners, feeding the hungry, instruct the uninformed, giving thank, giving drink to the thirsty, counsel the doubtful, clothe the naked, comfort the sorrowful, shelter the homeless, be patient with those in error, visit the sick, forgive offenses, 
visit the imprisoned, pray for the living and the dead, and to bury the dead. Every day these Christians live the principle of the Lord's Prayer by working to see our Father's kingdom come and His will be done on earth as it is in heaven by doing our Father's will and by advancing our Father's kingdom. Every day these Christians are ready for the board. They are ready for the second advent. Just like the Bible says, they will be surprised that day. None of us know when it will happen, but we do know that it will. And those living for the day will be ready. Those living for the day, even though they may not think about it, will be in the ark and ready to be present with the Lord while others are swept away. For the others, however, the story is much different. The big difference between going before the board, before the second advent, is that there is the big difference between going before the board and the coming of the second advent is that there is no advance warning of when the second advent will occur. We got our one warning when the angels came on the day of Jesus' ascension into heaven. Immediately before rising into heaven, Jesus said to the gathered disciples, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven, he went. As he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes. Those were angels. And And they said to them, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come down the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Why are you standing looking into heaven? In other words, stop standing around and go do what Jesus has told you to do. There will be a board in the future and the time to prepare is now. There is no studying. There is no uniform to be sure looks perfect. Instead, you prepare yourself every day. When you do what Christ has said, feed the hungry, clothe the naked, give drink drink to the thirsty, visit the sick and imprisoned, help relieve the suffering of others, show grace and mercy as you have been shown grace and mercy. Do you want to be ready for the second advent? Do you want to be ready to be with Jesus when others are being swept away? Live for Jesus every day. Amen.